This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, you've tuned into The Property Show, the show all about everything property-related, and I'm Chong Jensan. Today, we're looking at property ownership and investment in Malaysia. Property ownership in Malaysia has been a perennial issue for many Malaysians, especially with stagnating wages, higher interest rates, and inflationary pressures to contend with. Some may even fantasize on owning multiple properties with a steady stream of rental income, but concerns on securing the right property always arises. Farpak Capital began in 2014 when several young investors came together to impart their knowledge and give guidance and assistance to reduce the complexity of property ownership. Joining me to discuss this is Faisal Rizwan, the founder and CEO. Faisal is a thought leader in property and was elected as one of the panels of experts by the Ministry of Housing and Local Government to help resolve the current property issues in the country. Faisal, I've seen many validation of success stories from people vouching for the assistance gained by being a member of Far Capital. But what really is the business model of your company? If I were to summarize our business model, I would summarize it in this one simple sentence, which is our risk reduction. And I'm speaking from both a supply and demand point of view. So let's talk about demand side or the buyer itself. So what we do at Farcap here is that we use data. We use data, we use facts. We mine quite a fair bit of data uh, in order to make sure that every time we buy a property, we are buying it at a price point that we know we won't lose money. So I I've always have this view whereby I don't have a preferred location, I only have a preferred price. So that means every location has got a price that I will go in or we will go in as a as a community. So that's what we do in terms of risk reduction from a consumer point of view or from a demand point of view. That's how we started the company. And today we've also moved towards helping developers to reduce risk. So that means now from a supply point of view, by giving them some level of insights on what kind of product they should be launching. Today, we have uh, more than 30,000 of property overhang in Malaysia. Lah. So let's not beat around the bush. This is clearly a result of developers not doing proper research, not doing proper market study or whatever market study or research that was done is only relevant during good times or property bull run. It's not relevant for all times. So therefore, today, for some of the clients that we have worked with for long term, and a couple of them are actually public listed company, we are now being engaged right from the very beginning prior to land being acquired in terms of uh, what kind of product they should be building. Because what they understood here is that from a developer point of view, their goal is simple. I want to build something, I want to sell it. There's no point I have to spend five years to go and sell one property. If I can sell it within six months, that'd be great. And Far Capital is that bridge whereby we have the largest buying community. We have the largest pool of data. And therefore, from a product creation point of view, we tend to be quite accurate. So any project that we we, we rate as a grade B or grade A uh, for new launch, typically we sold 80 to 90% within the first year. Uh, so what happens here, when a developer can sell 80 to 90% within the first year, the probability of abandonment will be very, very, very low if you can sell 80 to 90% within the first year. So basically, that's what we do. We are trying to reduce risk from a demand point of view. Uh, we are trying to reduce risk from a supply point of view. We are trying to create a healthy ecosystem by making sure there are lesser abandoned projects because the right products are being launched at the right price. Let me get this right. You have a certain relationship with certain developers where properties are bought at a certain bulk and at a discounted price to the official launch price and your members get to benefit from this? Yes. So basically,
basically we have in a way three different level of deals right so the first one is that we we have overhang so property completed already ready right and unsold for the last four or five years uh, since their launch so these are typically property that is available to us at the most discount so these are whereby we can get 30 40 50 all the way to 70 percent discount even for public listed developer for so overhang property right completed second is property that has been launched but haven't been completed which is unsold status uh, by definition of nothing is unsold uh, these are property that we we look at it and the reason why it's only 50% so probably there's a 5, 10, 15% price difference between what the market wants versus what the developer wants to sell. So developer sold 50%, you've got a balance of 50%, what do you do with the balance 50%? And our job is to bring developer to safety, which is making sure that they get to 70 to 80% sales so that the project will not be stalled or abandoned. And the third category is pre-launch, right? So pre-launch means project hasn't been launched, but we have been engaged by the developer to jointly work together to come up with a product that, that we both feel that the consumer today in Malaysia would want to buy. So that discussion will be inclusive of the facilities being offered, sizes being offered, net price point being offered, what are the current packages, etc. So, so, so we work three ways in with property developers and typically we start with clearing overhang and unsold first. And once, for example, they've seen our track record, they like what we do, they begin to engage us normally on pre-launch right uh, launch of the property. Right. So part of this business model also assumes there are no issues with getting tenants for rental also the right tenant and they will stay throughout the rental period. But isn't this a bit unrealistic? For us, it's okay simply because we are under the belief that any property available at the right price point will have a pool of tenant looking for that property. So I think Rawang has been the butt of jokes, right? For for many years, right? And yet, uh, market in is in Rawang is booming. But if you're expecting to rent a condominium for 2,000 ringgit in Rawang, not gonna happen lah. But at anything below 1,300 ringgit per month for a two-bedroom or three-bedroom, there's sufficient market demand for those kind of rental value. So it's really about the price point instead of the area. So so that's point number one, right? Point number two here is that today we are also moving towards own stay matching. So we used to match investors and developers, but today we're also doing matching of own stay versus, you know, developers. So again, when it comes to own stay, there's no consideration when it comes to rental. Although we do preach that for anyone looking to buy any own stay property, they should bear in mind that they should be able to collect at least 70% of the mortgage repayment in the form of rental in the event they no longer desire to go and stay there. So, because typically you buy something for own stay, you want to stay there for quite some time. But, you know, work changes requirement or relationship uh, changes requirement, you got married, etc, etc. So, those require you to potentially move home to a new place, right? So, what we want people to be able to go and do here is that the day that you are forced to not stay there, you can at least rent it to cover your interest repayment. How about the financing of the properties? I saw from your website that it's a mortgage department. How does this work? So what we do here and why why developers love to work with us is because uh, we actually filter the buyer that we bring to the developer. So that means, Jen, uh, for example, if you are a parquet client and let's say we, we when you become a client, we'll ask for payslip and income documents, etc. Then we come to the conclusion that you've got a borrowing capability of let's say 700,000. So as a client, you can only buy property within 700,000 price range and below in parquet. So that means uh, when we bring a buyer to a developer, we bring filtered buyer who we already checked there's a 95% probability that the loan will be approved. And today, while the industry loan approval rate is below below or hovering about 40%, uh, last year, our approval rate is about 93%. So because we do pre-filter people first before we allow them to go and buy. If people are not ready to go and buy, we don't allow them to buy. So we make sure that they get to a certain level of readiness before we allow them to go buy property so that it becomes a little bit more sustainable. And that's the main reason why, for example, today our portfolio has got no NPL. So what are the demographics 
demographics for your customer base? I mean, the average age, the income levels, and the average number of properties they own now? If you're talking about the average, I think we're quite representative of Malaysia right. demographic. I think 70% of our clients are today is Bumi Putra, right? Balance 30% are non-Bumi. So that's quite representation of Malaysia too. In terms of income, I would say we have quite a fair bit of people in the upper M40 and T20 that became a client. We also have a lot of people from the B40 family became a client too. Because what our platform does is that not only we teach you how to uh, build passive income, invest in property or become a property owner, we also encourage them to do this thing called hustle income. So a lot of the B40 guys actually came to us so they can build a career in the property industry. So, so far, we've seen people with a 3,800 monthly salary, which is a B40, after one year becoming a client, able to generate a hustle income of above 100,000. They still have their full 9 to 5 jobs, but they on the side, you know, from the property industry, they actually make more than 6 figures. So what do they do then? What is the side income hustle? Our side, uh, you know, hustle income is by definition something that you do from 6 to 11, right? Mm -hmm. So basically after your work, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we call hustle income. And you can do a lot of things. You can do grab, you can do a burger, right? So these are all part of hustle income. Our hustle income is really property related. So you can either join property management, you can become a property rent uh, for, for, for rental and sub-sale. You can also sell projects. You can also be an affiliate marketer, right? You can also do some form of a maintenance related work, renovation. So these are all opportunities within Far Capital that we actually taught clients so that they can be uh, you know, earn a little bit more uh, given the, like what you said, income is not growing as fast as property values. So what about some of your more disgruntled customers that have joined and they were not happy? What were their main grouses? I think, uh, I'm, I'm sure we have. Uh, we've got 22,000 clients today. <coughs> I'm sure we have. I think a couple of them is really about expectation of tenancy, for example. We bought in Johor uh, two years ago during the pandemic. Uh, we were very clear with our game plan. The moment border is open, we should have a pool of tenants. But the border did didn't open in November of 2020. It got delayed to April of 2021. So there was a six-month period where there was very low pool number of tenants. That has caused quite a fair bit of disgruntlement because we bought about 100 over units. Uh, today, I'm happy to report that development that was uh, hovering on 20% occupancy today is at 90% occupancy as of now. Fundamentally, we have gotten it right. From a timing point of view, I guess we could have done a lot better managing people's expectations because at that point of time, there were very strong rumors from Williams administration that they're going to open the border in November because people want to go back and people want to go to Malaysia. We, in a way, naively believe that uh, thinking that COVID is a little bit more simpler than it is and of course, the border got delayed and as a result, uh, some of our clients actually suffered uh, from a couple of months of very low tenancy rate. So the good thing here is that while, while they suffered from that, uh, they don't actually use their own money because we buy undervalued property. They have sufficient reserve uh, from the property purchase itself. And we'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 Welcome back. You've tuned into The Property Show. I'm Chong Jensen. Today's topic is property ownership and investment in Malaysia. Joining me to discuss this is Faisal Rizwan, founder and CEO of Far Capital. Faisal, you have also corporate clients like Shell, Petronas, Schumberger, Kementrian, Pandedik Khan and Kersi Hatan. What exactly do you do for them? So basically what we do here is that we have now this uh, corporate package because we believe in uh, raising the volume of our clients. So what happens is that uh, the more clients we have, the cheaper the property value 
is can be for the whole community, right? So today we offer corporate packages whereby instead of an individual consumer having to pay a couple of thousand ringgit of membership, the company now can sign up as a corporate client of FARCAP and the employees gets to enjoy, of course, employees that has been determined by the companies can get to join, join FAR Capital for free as a complementary employee benefit. So what we do for them is very similar. Our goal has always been cash flow improvement from a, from a client point of view. And how do we improve cash flow? Uh, we, we get them to pay less debt every month by debt consolidation. We help them to increase active, passive and hustle income so that they have better cash flow every month. So of course, passive income will come from property. Hustle income is as per what I've described. Active income is basically how do you then negotiate your way in order to gain better salaries even with your current employees. So you even teach that. And we have a couple of employees today who after becoming a FARCAP client within a year, get a 30-40% salary increment. The most outstanding one was you got a 500% salary increment. Okay, Faisal, on your website, there's also a webinar being promoted where you will show how to reduce your monthly house instalment from 4000 per month to 800 per month. Even if you're staying in an elite area, get other people to pay for your own property and make positive cash flow, even in an economic crisis. Isn't this a big promise and how do you achieve this? I mean, it's a big promise, uh, but uh, we have been able to deliver. And the reason why we have been able to deliver is that everything that we do is data-driven. So we don't make uh, false promises. Every single thing that we show to a client is all data-driven. We have to show proof. So, for example, if I'm telling you that this property can be rented for 4000 per month, I need to show proof today and not proof five years from now, assumption of property value will go up or rental value will go up, inflation is going to go crazy. No, we have to use today's number to go and justify everything. But I think we've, uh, we, we're probably the only company and group in Malaysia that basically really invest in research. We have uh, both in Malaysia and Indonesia, we have about seven people working 100% uh, full-time on research alone. Right. So 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 I think because of our emphasis in getting our research correct, our data correct, again, right, our goal has always been by using data, we are able to go reduce risk. So combine that with you know financial intelligence. Again, this is our brain and butter. We understand how mortgage works, how debt consolidation works. Uh, so it's just us, you know, having the awareness and putting the right solution in front of a client so that they can accomplish that goal. So we even have people who have uh, five thousand debt and that that becomes zero in two years. So eight hundred is um is 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 your so-called average case scenario. We even have people with a you know, 5,000 monthly commitment and today that commitment is zero. I noticed you're also on the panel of experts and a strategic collaborative partner under the HOPE program by the Ministry of Housing Malaysia. What proposals are you pushing to the government and have they listened? Uh, back then, we, we only had, uh, by the way, we only had two meetings before 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 two, before the new government was elected. And uh, uh, the key proposals that I made was um, actually to encourage banks to build more rent-to-own financing scheme because as of today, there's only one bank doing it, uh, which is Maybank. Uh, I believe that property and ownership is not for everyone, but a rent-to-own scheme allows people, especially young people, whereby income should gradually improve, able to go buy property today rather than waiting three to four or five years from now when the property value becomes higher. And typically, uh, property value goes up faster compared to our income. That's one of the first key proposals. I've also mooted a proposal of whereby redevelopment of existing infrastructure like what they did in Germany and, and we allow some level of a tax break yeah, for property investors who basically decided to rent out their property to a B40. So basically, you can have property investor like me, a T20, who owns multiple property and rather than we rent the property outright in the market, we can choose to rent it to the government at a discounted rate in exchange of a tax break. So in a way, government didn't lose any money. They didn't have to pay for the supply. Government doesn't have to spend billions of dollars for the supply. And yet, the 
supply will continuously to be there. It's a form of controlled brand and the subsidy is going to come from a form of tax break. And then the, my my last proposal was to not allow low-cost housing or affordable housing to be sold at open market rate. My view has always been any form of affordable housing or low-cost housing like rumah web, uh, you know, all these flats and apa semua tu, they shouldn't be sold at market value because they, was, they, they weren't bought at market value. They were bought at discounted rate 20 years ago and they should be sold at a discounted rate 20 years later. Because if we don't do this, we'll forever have a problem of we don't have enough affordable housing and to build affordable housing is just not sustainable, it's very expensive. So by doing this, by 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 not allowing affordable housing to be treated at market rate, right? So it will decrease speculation and it will continuously allow, for example, my kid and your kid, yeah, Jen, 20 years from now, will continue to have access to 30, 50,000 affordable housing. But that was my proposal. Fortunately, ministers' uh, role uh, was short-lived. They didn't win. Um, and, and, and now it's up to the new minister to, uh, you know, do something about this. In the past, I recall that your strategy is to purchase lower-priced property within the same facility in a vibrant area. For example, if the average price of properties in Mount Kiara was 800 per square foot, your target product will be priced at 400 to 500 per square foot and it has similar facilities as well. Does this strategy still hold? In an ideal world, it is. In a realistic world, it's a lot more difficult. Uh, I would say the emphasis is not so much on per square foot, but the emphasis is more on net price. So what I'm trying to do here is to convince the developer to build smaller two bedrooms and three bedrooms so that the net price becomes cheaper. So you can still sell at the same six to seven ringgit per square foot because the cost today is just expensive. So let's be realistic, right? To build a condo today in Monkara, just your cost, including land cost, roughly works to about 550 to 600 per square foot. No developer will build if I tell them to go and sell at 400 to 500 ringgit per square foot. So I, I you know, you got to be realistic, right? In order to get someone to go do what is great for the market, right? So it has to be win-win. So what I'm trying to get developer to go and do here is that make the unit smaller, make it a bit more affordable from a net price point of view. A lot of people don't need 1,200 square foot, three bedroom. And today, if they can build 700 square foot, three bedroom, you know, start a family, right? So people just got married uh, and they can sell it at 400,000, half a million in Monkera, like one of our deals that we have in Monkera. Um, I think the, the market adaption, uh, acceptance will be very high. All right. What would make a property or area investable? What are the key criteria in your view? Like I said, we, we look at price. Uh, that's the main thing. If the price is wrong, uh, no matter how vibrant commercially, how great is the area, you, you're going to lose money. La. Best uh, case to point here is that KLCC is the most vibrant area and yet 90% of the investors in KLCC in the last 15 years all lose money from cash flow point of view or even capital gain, right? 90% of the project lose money. So wh wh why is that happening? Simply because two reasons. Number one, the size is wrong. Therefore, the net, because all big size, large size, and therefore the entry price become um, 1.5 to 2 million ringgit. It's not affordable for local, right? It's not digestible for local. And uh, on top of that, of course, the price per square foot is wrong, right? So so therefore, it contributes to a net price of a much higher than what the market could afford. So, so I'm a big believer in every area has got a fair price. So Rawang, let's say for example, at 300 per square foot and below, I wouldn't hesitate to buy, despite whatever people say about Rawang. Sepang, at a certain price point, it becomes viable. PJ, after a certain price point, is no longer viable, right? So for example, like a couple of years ago, people are busy buying this particular project at close to about a thousand ringgit per square foot. And I thought it doesn't look viable. And uh, last year, we are able to buy balance unit from the developer at just 370 ringgit per square foot. Wow, less than half price. Huh? Less than <laughs> half price. So, so, 
So the reality here is that for me, uh, every area has got a price point. And of course, what is a fair price point? For example, for PJ, I think six to seven ringgit per square foot is fair because of the vibrancy, the available of commercial, you know, availability of uh, transportation, schools, etc. Right? But not all of PJ deserve that seven ringgit per square foot. There are some older parts of PJ. Uh, they are a bit more what we call slums of PJ. So obviously, you cannot fetch seven ringgit per square foot. But section thirteen, no problem. Section fourteen, no problem. Does that make sense? So different area has got different accessibility and vibrancy and amenities, etc. And therefore, area deserve a very different premium compared to you know an area that doesn't have it. So 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 so. But for us, uh, we buy a lot of high rise. Uh, we like public transportation, so we love LRT MRT. So it's uh, one of our main criteria. That's from investment point of view. And why is that? A couple of million people uses LRT MRT every day. That will also mean you have a couple of million pool of tenant prospective tenants, right? So that's why we like LRT MRT based property. But again, we only like it at the right price point, right? After a certain price point, we no longer like even LRT MRT. That's all the time we have for the property show. I've been speaking to Faisal Rizwan, founder and CEO of Far Capital. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.